two minutes or 30 seconds before that he was open-eyed i have him spitting just literally kind of like there is spit just <laughs> <laughs> like like a massive one completely different picture. it's completely it's amazing to me i mean like what happens you know like because I mean, we do live in a millisecond world mm-hmm. and then this guy closed his eyes and that was the moment nikola kosic there on the difference a moment can make in photography well hi i'm graham dargie and this is the viewfinders photography podcast where I talk with some of the best photographers in the world about much more than just camera settings. I'm coming to you from Aberdeen in the northeast of Scotland, and wherever you are in the world, thanks for spending this time with me today. Well, how's your week been? I'm a busy photographer this week. I shot a seabed lander the other day for a client, uh, which is like a frame kind of thing that holds various lights and cameras and instruments. Uh, to take photos or videos or whatever on the seabed. So that was really interesting. Um, I didn't photograph it on the seabed, I photographed it in their premises. But anyway, uh, just one of those things I would never have seen or known about if it wasn't for photography. I also did some corporate headshots this week, which I'm really enjoying just now. And it's just great to be busy with the camera. Things seem to be kind of optimistic out there at the moment. But with the change in season, I'm not getting out roller skating like I was in the summer. And I'm really missing that. Um, I miss the fitness feeling you get, you know, when you're exercising regularly. And it's just amazing how quickly you lose it. So yeah, just need to keep the body moving and stay busy with work and get a good amount of family time and try to keep that ever elusive balance that keeps me operating at my best. How about you? I'd love to see what you've been up to, uh, what you've been photographing too. So why not connect with me on Instagram at Graham Dargy and check out the Viewfinders website, viewfinderslive.com to find out about the latest live online events and catch up on some previous episodes with my amazing guests like IPA winner Brian Hodges, World Press Photo Award winner Tim Clayton, Nikon Ambassador Audrey Woolard and many, many more fantastic photographers in my library now. Viewfinders is kindly sponsored by MPB, the world's largest online platform for buying, selling and trading used camera gear. If you've got something in your camera bag you don't use anymore, trade it to MPB. MPB makes it easy and everything you buy comes with a six month warranty. There's a link in the show notes where you can get a valuation for your kit. So thanks again to MPB for sponsoring the show. Now, my guest this week is Nicola Kostic, a travel and documentary photographer and filmmaker based in Indonesia. Nicola moved to Indonesia in 1998 from his home country of Serbia and fell into photography when his uncle asked him to photograph some jewellery. One thing led to another and he quickly found himself as a busy commercial photographer as Bali transitioned from a sleepy island to a bustling tourist hotspot. Nicola's work is incredibly diverse, featuring portraits, food, dance, interiors, cityscapes, golf courses, and much more. Nicola's also the host of Let's Talk on YouTube, where he interviews inspiring photographers from different fields. All of this experience pours into his latest project, making a documentary film about the construction of the first sustainable zero-waste island in Southeast Asia, which is being developed by his wife, a lady who also builds luxury yachts. Um, It's quite a story on this episode. I really enjoyed meeting Nikolai. He's such a passionate, energetic and interesting guy who's a great storyteller and a fantastic photographer. The conversation features some not safe for work language, so maybe get the headphones on for this one and enjoy my conversation with Nikola Kostic. Nikola Kostic, welcome to Viewfinders Photography Podcast. How are you? very well and uh, first of all thank you for for having me as a guest i really appreciate it yeah it's my pleasure i'm so grateful to talk to you today um when i look at your website it's so interesting to me um because you've got commercial photography interiors landscapes cityscapes you've got a number of books out there people portrait like travel photography dance on there food photography so it's I find that so fascinating when a photographer does more than one thing and you're doing a few different things. So um, I was curious, how would you describe yourself as a photographer? <laughs> uh, uh, 
the the thing is uh, i would i would i mean i really real description is i would describe myself as exceptionally lucky i have won kind of like the equivalent of you know 14 lotteries you know one after another i mean none of this was planned there's absolutely no i, I haven't taken photograph up up until i was 25. yeah mm -hmm. I, I started in bali so so exceptionally lucky i mean with with all of this diversity and i was also exceptionally lucky with kind of bali uh, when i arrived in 98 was kind of coming up and people were building and doing stuff and all that so all this explosion of the of the you know villa photography and hotel photography and spas and food and everything my sister is a modern uh, dance choreographer so that's how I got into dance and photograph dance for, I don't know, 18 years now. Uh, my wife is a special type of lunatic. She built, uh, you know, these boats and stuff like that. And I had some friends who had boats. So that's how I got into yacht photography. Uh, so, so really, I, I would, I would accept, you know, really exceptionally lucky. There is no other way to, uh, to, to, to go about it, you know, like, so um, that's number one thing in, in my uh in my career, and I, I, I think I have, I, I had the eye, you know, which is kind of like the, the, the starting point for everybody, and then things kind of go fast when you do have that kind of little something that nobody can explain what it is. Yeah, so yeah, you definitely, you do have that, I would say. So, thank you. Um, that's so when you moved to Bali in '98, that's when you first got into it. So, what happened there that in that moment to trigger your interest in photography? How did you find that you had the eye like that? Oh, uh, again, lucky. My uncle was living in Bali and uh, my life fell apart in Serbia. I was, uh, I was in a band that was kind of like getting into places. So I, I, I got to play like, I don't know, 5,000 people. I play the stadiums and stuff like that. Okay. So when I had to leave that, it just ripped my soul, really. And then I arrived okay. to Bali. I knew that there was no way back. Uh, a year later, my, my hometown was bombarded by whatever, you know, so this is like, I guess, the right decision. And then uh, I was doing nothing in Bali, really, for about, I don't know, almost a year. Uh, and then uh, my uncle came up uh, one day. Uh, he put the camera in my hands, bag of jewelry, and he was like, see what you can do. Three, three days later, you know, like, I was able to turn on the camera. Ten days later, uh, I got my first shot. You know, like, I mean, we had these meetings, you know, like going on at his house, you know, like in the night, you know, with a beer and we we're just, you know, shitting on my shots. Like, oh, this is horrible. This is just not. And then one day uh, there was a light. There was this, there was that. And there was a photograph. And then there's that rush, as I'm sure you, you, you know, that rush when you know you got it. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of went... Um, yeah, this photography is quite easy. <laughs> I can do that. There's no kind of like special type of love or like stuff like that. That will come kind of later. And that was that was uh, that was the trigger. That one photograph was the trigger, and he I think uh, used it for like the next twenty years. That photograph, so okay. it was very good. So that that was actually the start of it. Okay, so he used it for his own business, is that Yeah, right? yeah, I mean, he had a jewelry business, you know, so so okay. that was kind of like, I started on the top of difficulties photographing jewelry, I mean, yeah. whoever did it, I mean, like, knows that, unless you know it, it's kind of difficult. But then through that, I was kind of experimenting with different backgrounds, different lights, different this, different that, everything is like low budget. And I was also doing it with the Sony Mavic uh, um, 91, you know, that had the 0 0.8 me megapixels, you know, using okay. floppies. <laughs> so <laughs> this camera had uh, either you could control shutter speed or aperture. So I was dreaming about this thing where I can control both. <laughs> like, so, you know, like that dream became, became over the years, it became reality. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so where did it, where did it go from there? Did you start to seek commercial work, or did other people just see it and they came to you? What was the no process from uh, there? again? Really lucky breaks. Uh, my uncle knew knew a guy who had a jewelry business. He saw the photographs. Then I was paid very early on. I was like, I was working for like four months, and I got I got paid gig, which is just unheard of. Yeah. And then and then kind of like started rolling. You know, like I had a friend of mine was an architect. He wanted somebody to shoot a house i did that and then like that that okay. went to you know food photography for me was was one of the luckiest breaks i was working for i think top 10 sommeliers on the planet i mean he started mm -hmm. in in paris and he was 
there's a photograph of him and Salvador Dali while Salvador Dali is making this famous book uh, of, uh, of French restaurants. So that was him age 17. I had no idea. And then he bought, uh, by the end of it, he bought this book, or uh, he bought one of the most expensive bottles of wine in the world, the Chateau Ikem, whatever, it, it, from 1847, let's say. Napoleon was, you know, like in the, in the power when that bottle was made. And I was mm -hmm. the guy waiting for him to go, you know, from the airport police escort with this, you know, box of wine and then me, his sommelier, uh, and and him were in the in the thing where he opened up the box and there it was piece of history you know like so that's mm -hmm. just luck 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 you know and a little bit I mean a, a, this little bit of I you know whatever and I was getting better and better and then again lucky break my girlfriend had a shop and then I put up a couple of photos there and they started selling like crazy I mean that was like mm -hmm. ridiculous like to to and then I I didn't need the money. I literally didn't need the money or commercial jobs. So I had this thing of like, yeah, I don't want to do this or I want to do this, but I wanted to do everything. Like, why not? So then I, you know, like met my wife and this and that and just kind of like it was really snowballed to get to, you know, like uh, us leaving Bali, three years of travel, 14 books. And then my career kind of like went to complete... Uh, complete disaster i mean I was, I was just sick of cities and all that because i, I do like this cultures in tra transition and uh, you know i now you know like uh, in this COVID time i found another career and that that is making documentaries so mm. it's kind of like really a lot of a lot of lucky breaks when i look back mm -hmm. uh, i was curious about those pictures that you said you, you put the pictures in a shop and they started to sell really well. So what pictures were they? Uh, it was a picture of a Balinese boy uh, that that sold first. And uh, right. and that was kind of, I mean, that was literally, uh, it's like, you take the photo, you print it, you frame it and you sell it. That was a completely new concept for me. I mean, like, mm -hmm. that's impossible. And then I was just gunning for children. I was like, you know, going everywhere. It's like, you know, just trying to get the children. And that didn't work at all up until one moment where I, where I kind of like made a connection with the subject. That was a big, uh, big learning lesson for me, like having this connection mm -hmm. with this little girl. And it was just, you know, this magical moment. And that was another one that I sold. And then it went to, to overdrive of, of really selling, uh, uh, just surprising amount of photographs because I was the right place, the right time. Bali was full, mm -hmm. tourists. They're looking for for you know like presents and all that stuff. So, I mean, I was I was Australian Australian house housewife, you know, like dream, you know, like I mean, right. here's you know what to buy. Why wow, it's pictures. So uh, it was amazing. Yeah. I mean, one of, one of the photographs went to a private plane. The guy bought it and they were like, how are we going to get it in the plane? And they're like, well, you cannot get it on the plane. And he was like, no, no, it's a private plane. I mean, we'll have the room. Like, well, yeah. then you can do it. So I found out <laughs> later on that, you know, like went to a, <laughs> on a private place. It's like amazing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, it just kind of like started rolling that way. You, you said just now, and I read this on your website, that you love nothing more than cultures in transition. Yes. Um, can you talk about that? Just expand on what that means to you. Well, I have, um, I mean, I have come in Bali in 98, right? So, so I've seen what, what this Western type of uh, uh, um, influence uh, does to a little sleepy uh, village. I mean, Bali was kind of like, you know, in development when I came in, but nothing like after I came in. It was just incredible. That, mm -hmm. you know, 20 years later means block roads, uh, people building uh, really horrible places. It's just uh, this grab of an, an attack on a culture and you're kind of using the naivety of people let's say mm -hmm. you know and then i was kind of like judging it as everybody here you know like oh my god the the, the times before were you know like better and, and just everything was better 10 years ago and then I realized, you know what? I mean, you can't judge that. I mean, this is just like, it is a transition. It is a transitional period. We're all in transition, really. Every day is a transition. So that's what I mean by, by, by transition. I have seen what a piece of chocolate does in, um, in the remote, like in Papua. 
you know, like, I mean, we were on the boat and then these children are coming and we kind of like give them chocolate and then there is a fight. Mm-hmm. And you were kind of like from the best, I mean, you're coming from a really open heart and you want to share this thing. But that little thing that is like really nothing to you means almost a war. It got me thinking of like, you know, oh my God, what, what was it like in 1700s when people are really stealing stuff? <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, really kind of like... India is ours. I mean, Australia, let's do that. I mean, America, I mean, like these Native Americans, who cares? Let's kill them all. I mean, it's just kind of like it got me thinking about that, that transition, what it brings. Is it good? Is it bad? So I'm kind of trying not to ultimately make any judgment on it. You know, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just very, very difficult because maybe this is good. Maybe this is bad. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, having, you know, uh, there are good stuff about, you know, like, uh, let's say this civilization coming into uh, stuff you know medicine this that i mean like people are dying from from cuts in in papua they, they just mm-hmm. get a little simple cut it gets affected they lose the leg i mean it's just uh, mm-hmm. there's nothing so, so i i'm i i still haven't decided you know like uh, about uh, you know is it good or bad you know but uh, i'm seeing more bad about uh, just gunning for money than uh, than good you know, so, yeah. uh, and I'm interested in that transition of, 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 of people who are, who are, they are kind of like bystander of, of, uh, mm. they don't know what's happening. They just don't know yeah. what's happening. I mean, Europeans don't know that, you know, the, 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 the Europe is all already China. It's just, you know, 300 years from now, it's going to be this multicultural place, but Europeans are so kind of like, we are so amazing, you know, like mm-hmm. everything is bought by, by, by Chinese. I mean, it's, so it's game over. You just, you're just living now, but 500 years from now, we're going to be viewed as like, you know, those people who lived through COVID time. I mean, we're going to be a interesting YouTube, uh, you know, thing, mm-hmm. nothing else. I mean, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's quite interesting. I was going to ask you about having witnessed the changes in Bali and the and the good and bad sides of that because I from from the from the west we obviously we think our way of doing everything is better. Um and it it, it isn't always better obviously. But every culture I think I've talked about this a little bit with Trevor Cole as well. Cultures transitioning, they have every right to to move on but also it's a shame to see old ways, uh, traditional ways of doing things dying out. How We're all in transition at the moment as well, and you've touched on it relating to COVID. Absolutely. I mean, is there any way we can navigate that or are we just passengers in the process? I mean, I, I think we need the, we need some sort of a new system. I mean, because, I mean, we're trying to cure something that, that, that cannot be cured with the, with the ways that we're doing stuff, you know, like, I mean, compassion and all, all, all of these things are, are needed. And it's very hard for somebody who has almost, you know, next to nothing to say no to money. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, like it's very, very powerful drug, really. It's the most powerful mm-hmm. drug that, that there is. Money just, you know, I wouldn't say corrupts people. It gives people some sort of, uh, you know, uh, you know, some sort of uh, immediate upper hand. But then, I mean, like if you turn into a complete asshole, I mean, you know, like you can have all the money in the world, but nobody will talk to you. So, yeah. you know, so, so, so I'm, I'm kind of, I, I don't know if, if there is, if there is a way out unless we completely restart, restructure the way society works. Which is don't ask me how. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, it's, uh, it's almost impossible to uh, uh, to think of the ways. But I mean, you know, the age of information is is wonderful and dangerous. You know, as we can see now. I mean, like with this divide of the world of, of yeah, this is right, this is not right. I mean, so much information is flying around and and leaves people completely confused. I mean, like mm-hmm. I don't know anybody. Uh, I have n- never spoke to anybody during this past year who says, yeah, I'll, I know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Everybody like, you know what? I don't know. I, I really, I, maybe, I, I don't know. So it's, it's, a weird, it's a weird time, you know, like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and we will just have to, I guess, I mean, not wait and see, but, you know, try to do whatever we can, you know, like uh, in that like, kind of small circle of, of, of people to... Uh, to make things better and then hopefully that will take on i mean john lennon imagine song is beautiful you know like but the world does not function that way mcdonald's on the other hand took over the world yeah it's like um you know a burger really awesome 
Uh, (laughs) And Imagine is like, yeah, it's like, no, probably not. So it's it's a weird world that we're living in. I can agree with that. I just think we're living in such an extraordinary time at the moment. Yes. And I, I agree with you. Nobody knows what to do. And so anyway, I think people who, who maybe have a platform to project the idea that they do know how to handle this are, are obviously not being yeah. completely true. So, um, okay, okay. Let's go back to um, your journey. So after some time, you left Bali for three years. And yes. It seemed to me, that let me get this right, but you were making travel photography books in that time is that right or what happened no uh the the thing is we me and my wife we were kind of sick of bali and and it was kind of like the time to go and we left and uh, made this publishing house that was uh, published 14 books so so 12 books were city guides you know kind of like uh, focusing on uh stuff that uh, you can do in i don't know whatever city that is not really kind of like a lonely planet thing but it was kind of like a very personal kind of uh, uh journey uh so they had seven seven categories art food all of this stuff that is just not known really mm-hmm. and uh, and i made my my book of uh, of photography of art photography and we made a book about komodo national park uh, focusing on on this boat that my wife built uh, uh, few years prior so we were just all, all around the world i think like like over four continents i don't know how many countries and all that it was like three years of travel i mean it was just non-stop like this was a dream for me like you know to mm-hmm. you know just you wake up and uh, you just don't know where you are like just mm-hmm. i am i in here there no idea you know so 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 i was getting a little bit loopy and i was also getting a little bit jaded with the with the stuff that i was doing i mean like it was city after city after city and it's just got really really kind of uh tiring in the end and we were in mm-hmm. moscow planning to do tokyo and kyoto book and then we found out that veronica was pregnant we decided to do Barcelona and then uh, last days of her be able to travel. We did Lisbon, decided to live in Lisbon. And uh, and then uh, uh, that was there and my daughter was born in, in, in Portugal. And then my wife decided to make another boat and we did that in Greece. That's why we stayed in Greece. And that really kind of killed my my drive desire to to do photographs i mean i was in greece i hated it uh absolutely oh, hated really? it yeah it was just a, a, a whole i mean for me i mean it was a great time because i was with my daughter and all that but i, I wasn't really fulfilled you know like with anything that i was doing there mm-hmm. and uh, and that was really difficult time uh you know mm-hmm. like really really poof and then we decided to go back to Bali. I mean, that was kind of like the boat was finished and we went to Bali and then COVID hit. And then uh, my wife, uh, a couple of years ago, she bought the island in Komodo. And that this COVID actually kind of like, okay, the businesses are kind of like not happening. And let's let's focus on developing the uh, this fully uh, first fully sustainable zero waste operating island in Southeast Asia. And she always wanted me to direct, you know, this documentary. And I was like, for six months, I was like, no, no way. <laughs> like, I'm a photographer. I mean, like, what, what am I going to do? Yeah. And then one night we were sitting down and I was just kind of like saying stuff, you know, like what this documentary should be about. And she's kind of like mm-hmm. looking at me kind of like, so? <laughs> and I was yeah. like, fuck it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> And that has been like that. That's been like seven, eight months ago, and I, I fully emerged into you know like uh, learning everything that I can learn about uh, filmmaking because it's a very different, uh, obviously, mm-hmm. thing from photography. You know, like the, the, all of these things that I did really kind of helped me because I mean, this island is going to have so many facets of it that, uh, and I did almost all of them. So, so that that's kind of like helps, and uh, you know, I'll have a crew and all that stuff, and uh, once that is going. Uh, I'll be directing documentaries. I feel that that will be a massive transition for me because I find it way, way more interesting than 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 photography at the moment. Right. Okay. There's a, a few things uh, yeah. and what you said there for me to go back to. So sure. uh, first thing I was interested in that your wife um, builds boats. So mm-hmm. what kind of boats does she build them herself? How does all that work? Well, I mean, she she had this idea to build a, a, a boat, and it's kind of like the only. I think it's a boat that is 30 meters long and it has one cabin. 
So that is a, a spectacular change. Uh, uh, whoever knows boats, I mean, they know that they usually have four, six, eight cabins, whatever. She was like, okay, no, we're going to build one. Everybody mm-hmm. told her that she's out of her mind. <clears throat> and that is now probably one of the most successful boats in Indonesia, if not the, the most successful, very famous boat here. And like he's been publicized everywhere. So mm-hmm. that, is, that is how that happened. She built it alone. And uh, I mean, obviously she had pe- people. Uh, uh, to to work with and then I kind of one of my jobs I mean we were not together at that time I, I, I met her because I, I was photographing some villas that she did uh, mm-hmm. one of my jobs would do, to go and photograph that particular boat which was incredible I mean, like, mm-hmm. you have this vessel and you're like to the left now you missed the mark go again <laughs> you're just seeing okay. it. so it was it was an incredible experience um, so yeah, I mean that that's that's what uh, that's what that is really. And then she built okay. another one in Greece, you know, because this was successful. So, uh, so that it's same kind of boat, in, same kind in, of boat, like, bigger, okay. like thirty-eight meters. Again, one cabin and uh, okay. and stuff like that. So, uh, so was that sort of a commission for somebody who'd seen the other boat, or no, no, no. This work? is this is this is her boats. Oh, I mean, you know, this is she owns the boats. Oh, I see. Okay. Cool. Okay, there yeah. must be a boats podcast that she can go yeah. on to talk about that. But we need to go back yeah, to photography. photography. So, um, the other thing that caught me was that you were with your daughter maybe when she was young, when your wife was doing the boat, and you'd found maybe a bit of a lack of purpose. I think if I'm picking that up right. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I was in a place that I didn't like, and and I didn't find anything interesting to photograph there. I mean, like I and don't don't forget, I, I went through this massive tour of of, of cities all around the world. So mm-hmm. when we came to to uh, we lived in Athens, and Athens is a absolute shithole. Uh, uh, we lived in a nice place, but Athens is just a horrific city. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, there was really, I was, I wasn't drawn to anything there. I mean, I just didn't, was interested in anything to, to photograph, you know, like it was just kind of like, uh, so I was kind of like documenting a little bit of boat building and all that stuff, but nothing really major was, was happening in my life that, that would make me happy. I also, you know, was, you know, illegal. Um, so I had to stay there and I couldn't kind of get out, you know, like and in. <laughs> it was not a big deal. I mean, like not that type of illegal illegality, but, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of like you, you pay everything in Greece, you know, like it's, it's, it's all right as long as you pay. Uh, okay. so, uh, so the thing is, um, I, I was there and I was just tra- I mean, trapped a little bit, you know, like I had, mm-hmm. I didn't, but the good thing was. I really did have time to spend with my daughter, so um, yeah. that was pretty good. How old was your daughter at the time? Uh, she was one, two, something like that. Oh, okay, you know, okay. so that's very young. Yeah, you'll be grateful to have had that time with her. Yes, I mean, know, that, looking that's, back, but oh, that's amazing. I mean, that that that, that yeah. part is that that part is incredible. I mean, you cannot. You, I mean, it's just uh, incredible. Nobody gets to do that but again. Lucky, you know. Yeah, yeah, I can relate to that. I've had similar with my own daughter, and um, it's not it, it, that she's in school now. It wasn't always super fun every day, but it's so grateful to have had the time with her. But you're definitely restricted in what you can and can't do, um, and yeah. sometimes you just need to have a conversation with somebody who's not two years old. Yeah, so, yeah, of course, of course. But um, in the travel and. Going from city to city, one thing I saw on your website was that you never set up a meeting, you never prearranged a shoot. No. Um, that sounds exciting. What did that approach give you in the photography? Well, I mean, when I left for this thing, I mean, my last photo shoot for, was for travel and leisure. I was hired to shoot uh, seven most expensive uh, uh, whatever houses or villas or something like that, you know. So mm-hmm. I was uh, in my prime of, uh, of interior photography, mm-hmm. meaning that uh, this type of, you know, you go into the shop, in the, in the shop, uh, I mean, it's all beautiful places and then you just snap a shot that that was mm-hmm. pretty much it you know so so for me it wasn't like a, a massive deal you know like everybody were ha- very happy to to for, for the photo to be taken um so, so so for me i mean i was kind of like in and out you know like i mean i go in i take the photo i didn't see anything 
unusual or difficult i never i don't work with lights you know like i, I use uh, natural light so for me it was like this is really i have for years i have grossly overcharged my clients <laughs> it's like i need <laughs> i need like you know like three days to shoot the villa and it's very good when you have that time and that respect yeah. and all that of course because i mean like you cannot be at three places at the same time and three places mm -hmm. are ignited at the same time uh, mm -hmm. but with this was not a big deal at all i mean we we're just kind of like strolling around the cities you know you kind of like have this beautiful you know like thing you know like you you go into the shop you shoot it there, there is a high when you find something that is really really uh, visually pleasing i mean there there is something about that uh mm -hmm. and also kind of like the, it's kind of like little gems you know like little little hidden corners you know like we did a, did a research on uh, on where we're going but mo I mean, a lot of times we would, we would discover these things, I mean, completely unexpected, you know, like, and also, I mean, I went through probably for 500, 600 galleries, uh, art galleries around the world. So that is that that is a massive education, you know, like mm -hmm. uh, that, that I that I received, you know, like and seeing these things and all that, especially that, that I don't really have any desire to do uh, street photography in the cities. I have no desire to do anything really to do with cities is, is just kind of like, I will never do that again. I mean, there's mm -hmm. no interest whatsoever. And I did it, you know, like I, I, I did it. And I really, truly, I mean, I, I love street photography and, and really, really uh, admire people who do this, you know, like, I mean, I, I just don't find that interesting at all. Looking at your interiors work, it's very neat and tidy. And then your kind of documentary or travel photography is very sort of earthy and real. Uh, and authentic going into this next phase for you um shooting documentaries and you i think you touched on this before and what you said it was one of the things i wanted to come back to how do you see all of the experience and the different kinds of photography that you've done coming to bear on this sort of future project um with the sustainable island well i mean the, the the whole concept of shooting this thing is like uh, I think it, it, it's very interesting. Obviously, we will have things that are happening in front of us, documented in real time, almost like a, uh, you know reality TV show. Uh, it, it just uh, it's reality that, that will create a certain type of drama, and, and 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 things will happen, and they will go wrong. I'm pretty sure. I mean, you, you try to build a dog house, you know, something will go wrong. I mean, like building an island, yeah. I mean, like for sure that things will go wrong. I have a little problem because, I mean, when things spectacularly go wrong, that probably means that I had the best day ever. But that simultaneously <laughs> means that my wife had the worst day ever. So it's yeah. going to be a very interesting thing of like, you know what? The crane fell and we got it in the slow motion. It was amazing. And she's like, yeah, but that's like, you know, like fucking $50,000. Uh, so, so that will be a very interesting balance to see like what will happen there. But I also, also want to kind of like the end of this story is us being a, a, a traveling show in the museums. So essentially I will have all of the people, I will have all, all, over 20 people that are heads of departments. When I'm talking about landscape, I'm talking about uh, food and beverage. I'm talking about uh, uh, people who will be doing the gardens. We will have a, a shipyard that, 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 that will be uh, set up, which I'm super excited about. I think this is this will be incredible to do. Uh, shipyard will be in Bira in Sulawesi. And there is an ama amazing story there that kind of rivals Caribbean, you know, like this kind of like pirate ships and all of that. The same mm -hmm. stuff was happening in Indonesia, but very few people know about this. And there is there is a tradition of building boats from 8th century. So this story has really never been told. And I want to tell it through, you know, like uh, us building boats there, interviewing a lot of people, all, old school people and all that stuff. So... All of that will happen. And I also have this idea to incorporate, for example, how will I incorporate dance? It would be very interesting. You know, my sister brings her own crew. We have, you know, like this, this, these houses that are not finished. So I can, I can create a dance piece, you know, like on, on, on the island. I mean, nobody does that. <laughs> it's like, mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm thinking about combining art, uh, comedy, like anything that we can think of to kind of entertain people will be there. 
and then you will have you know like our people like the heads of departments we will also reach out much like this podcast we will reach the 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 very interesting people in that field so you will have this conversation between two people who really know what they're talking about it's not for a lot of people but somebody who is interested in whatever subject will have this opportunity to go like okay i mean we're on this level and now we're going to take it to that level of understanding and, and the process so it's this multi interesting visual thing to in the end end up in museums and shoot pretty much like master classes of all of these people have the models we're now finishing the model of the island with these houses and all that it's, it's absolutely stunning and 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 then these these kind of like uh visual art stuff much more like bill viola if, if you know his work you know like it's mm-hmm. so there's this multi uh multifaceted uh, entertainment in a museum and that came from like me being in in paris and 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 uh, seeing uh, grace jones uh, exhibition which was out of this world i mean she, i had no idea i was thinking grace jones was just you know like had two songs amazing artist i mean incredible artist so so right. so you know like that kind of like doing you know the books kind of did this and everything kind of like gels together you know to to have this uh, uh very entertaining uh, uh things to shoot to challenge my own crew to challenge myself and and to really kind of break the barriers of uh of filmmaking because i don't know any rules i'm just starting you know so and i'm assuming mm-hmm. that i will get better you know i will i will use this thing of like i don't have this well you don't have it you have to shoot it this way you know like i mean mm-hmm. so so, so kind of like yeah. every young photographer is like what do you shoot with well mm-hmm. i mean it took 15 years to get to this equipment you know like i mean so so, so mm-hmm. no excuses there you know like if i'm preaching something in photography i should use that in in filmmaking and i will so uh mm-hmm. that is kind of yeah. like what i'm how that all kind of gels together in uh, in in one big mm-hmm. kind of expression just wonder if you can paint a picture for me about the island what is the island gonna be how long is that gonna take to come to completion well i mean once uh, we're we're now going to on the 8th of october we have a massive push uh, uh in in four places one is bali moscow london and uh, and uh, milan we're going to we're going to open up and, and start selling houses on 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 that island so mm-hmm. that is that is the thing once once the investment is there the island will start being built and we will probably need around two years to complete the project mm-hmm. so and in that those two years we're going to kind of like uh, probably move there at some point you know island is very very kind of like cool located because it's 20 minutes from the airport and you mm-hmm. get you're kind of like when you get there you're you're completely alone so so mm-hmm. it's a it's a very very interesting location we're three minutes from uh, from a national park komodo national park Okay. Uh, and uh, it's just a stunning stunning nature and and it's just it is incredible then we will do the underwater diving and all that stuff so i i will have two years to shoot you know the beautiful uh, landscapes of komodo and, and and really present it to the world so so mm-hmm. it will be I, I i feel you know i mean the most interesting project of my life for sure yeah i feel like there is a sense that everything that you've done so far is all leading up to this one thing that's really going to bring everything all of your experience out in the beginning i said luck you know i mean yeah, yeah it's just uh, it's who you know L- luck i mean really in my case i mean i i would you know if somebody would try to replicate my career they would probably yeah. end up living <laughs> under the bridge you know it's just kind of like there's so many kind of these lucky breaks that you know what, what i mean yeah. my advice is like be lucky i mean that's kind of that's it uh but uh yeah i think that everything everything will kind of like gel everything mm-hmm. i did in the past and all that stuff will will gel into this project i mean it's doable i'm uh, you know it's a learning i'm learning every day i mean, really the, the the learning curve has been incredible i mean i need to know the sound the the, the movement of the camera the, the how do i direct people the communication mm. like just everything is is uh, being a di- directing people is 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 about that it's about communicating you know mm-hmm. this is what i want and then you know can we do it and how can we do it so mm-hmm. that is that is the key here 
let's really bring it back to photography for a minute. Well, let's talk about your gear and then we'll talk about some of your photographs as well, specifically. So the sure. gear round is sponsored by MPB. So what would be a sort of go-to camera and lens combination for you? Uh, obviously, because of the sheer variety of stuff, uh, it, it's uh, it's always the same camera. I mean, like you know, anything the Nikon D the hundred D eight hundred eight hundred ten, and I'm really I like the look of this eight fifty now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the lenses, I, I I just don't go stupid. I mean, like I I, I you know sixteen thirty five uh, twenty four seventy. And uh, and seventy to two hundred. That's my equipment. Uh, uh, and uh, and one macro lens. I mean, it was like sixty millimeter. Nothing special, uh, but it works for me. So mm-hmm. so I don't go crazy. My favorite is seventy to two hundred. Uh, you know, I just like something about it. I don't know. Like I like how landscapes look look like uh, with that lens, and I love how portrait looks like. Mm-hmm. I don't like coming to people's faces and, and, and photograph them like that because I, I just, uh, um, I don't post people. So mm-hmm. so for me, this is my favorite lens. I mean, that, that's 70 to 200. Uh, and the minus with that lens is that if you're walking around with that lens, and especially with Nikons, you come home with a claw hand. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Jesus. <laughs> uh, so I cannot get rid of this for like three days. Uh, you know, like, and you put it there next day and then you go. Yeah. Uh, but I think that, you know, people should suffer a little bit for their art because when I think about Ansel Adams, I mean, and him you know, carrying this his yeah. stuff, you know, like on top of the mountains, I mean, this is kind of, you know, light. Yeah. So um, I've been always Nikon. You know, like I, I just, you know, I, I bought actually XT2 uh, Fuji. Absolutely hate it. Uh, and to, just to clarify, it's a great camera. I've seen people do amazing stuff with it. However, I hate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I don't like how it looks like. I, don't like, <laughs> I just don't like anything about the camera. However, I love the video on it. Okay. So it's really weird. I mean, like just kind of like this love and hate thing. And I think that Nikon is like something that I will stay, I mean, with forever. I don't see anything. Yeah. They're all the same. They're really all the same. It's Nikon, Canon, Fuji, whatever it is. They're all mm-hmm. really the same. At that level, I mean, it's like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> really. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you. It's, it's, it's just a camera, but also agree um, with Nikon as well so I can understand what you mean there with the street portrait kind of or the portraits that I see a lot on your Instagram feed the ones that are filling up your Instagram you would just shot a lot of those with the 70 to 200 then uh, yeah, mix of seventy two hundred and twenty four uh, seventy. I mean, those those are two depending on mm-hmm. d- depending where I'm going. But uh, but do- those two are are wh- what I'm doing stuff with. I tried like this uh, 50, 50 millimeter, you know, like one two, and uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan uh, of. Yeah, this thing of you know Robert Kappa, you know, like I I zoom with my legs, like no, yeah. I don't, <laughs> I mean, like I don't want to zoom with my legs. <laughs> I mean, I have a fucking zoom. Uh, so uh, I mean, it's it's also a Robert Kappa. So please don't listen to me. I mean, I would probably listen to Kappa, but uh, but he was insane. So so you know, like um, that's cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's 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 really what what works for anybody. I just don't make any judgment on 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 people's process. I really, I'm very interested in their process, how they get there. But this kind of like is digital or this or analog or like it is a Photoshop. I just don't care, man. I mean, like, show me yeah. what you did, and then we can talk mm-hmm. about this. I no, I get you. I totally get you. And I, but it's in, it does the, the equipment. I think does inform how we go about it because like. You're saying if you're used to the 70 to 200, you put a 50 on, it's a completely different animal. I mean, it's, it couldn't be a more different experience, especially yeah. if you want to photograph people in, in that style. You have to get really in their face with a 50. Oh, um, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's challenging. I mean, yeah. because I mean, I also kind of like give myself 15, 15 to 20 seconds for every portrait. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, uh, I don't post people. I don't do uh, stuff, you know, it's just kind of like, I mean, it's in the passing and uh, and it's done, you know, like if I ask somebody to stand somewhere, like they stand 15 seconds, we're done. And then mm-hmm. I kind of like, you know, like I don't spend time with them before. 
like I can kind of like joke around uh, with somebody after, but then I usually don't speak the language, uh, you know, of, of, of that thing. So there's so much you can do with like, eh, you know, like, yeah. uh, you know, thank you, goodbye, and and all that. They see the photo, they're happy, and uh, and uh, that's pretty much it. I don't yeah. really. Uh, I mean, I, I'm I'm wondering what what will happen if I actually have that time to spend with people you know like because i mean a lot of people are kind of like you have to spend the time with that mm-hmm. blah, blah 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 you know like i mean mm-hmm. just to get emerged into the culture and yeah and i can see that being very beneficial you know it's just that i i just like um uh running i i, I just yeah. i don't know i just like running i like I like like that thing of like you know almost the sniper kind of uh mm-hmm. beautiful move on yeah uh, I, so. I get that i totally get that i think it's it's just there are different ways for different people aren't there there's more than one, one way to do it i would be inclined to shoot your way with the longer lens and take a step back and stay out of the way of people that would be my kind of go-to having said that if you get some time to spend with someone you can take it to a different place but oh, i yeah. don't think you necessarily have to do well one thing or the other it's just what's going to work for you isn't it hundred percent I mean like no 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 judgment or or there's no right or wrong way I, I think that every photographer will say that I mean anybody who is any good will will never make a judgment on on somebody else's uh, what is the best lens to shoot whatever like mm-hmm. whatever you want I mean and that is, that is the question pretty much that I'm getting from younger photographers you know like what is the best uh, best lens uh, to to start with I don't know like some zoom I, I like just no what is the best camera the one that you can afford I mean that yeah. would be a good start um, so, so yeah but I mean I, I've been there I've been there I know I know how overwhelming that is the desire to to get to a place and you cannot because obviously uh, this equipment that we're talking about is not important but it's mm-hmm. essential <laughs> so at the same time you cannot do certain things with certain cameras it's just there's no way uh you know sensitivity light and all that stuff i mean it's just uh it's just there's no way mm-hmm. so uh i would i would always go from the subject first and then kind of work my way around into that thing and then the desire to have stuff uh the longer you wait the the more gratifying it will it will be when you get it yeah and then you know like i mean you just kind of like you know bit by bit you you build your equipment Unless mm-hmm. you are some rich little kid that can get like you know, <laughs> like a Leica, everything you know, like fifty yeah. grand, you know, but and probably they're not gonna, yeah, they're not gonna be out. happy with it after. Yeah, week. I think you'd miss out so like, much of the process, uh, so much learning yeah. if you just had that. Well, I want to take a second to thank our sponsor, MPB. MPB buys, sells, and trades thousands of camera items each week. And everything comes with a six-month warranty. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes where you can get a quote for selling your unused kit to MPB. And I'll make a link to all the gear Nicola mentioned. Um, so you can pick up some second-hand deals on that great equipment that we spoke about. Thanks to MPB for sponsoring the show. Okay, let's go to a round called Double Exposure. So I would like to ask you about a particular image, maybe one or two. Um, and you can tell me the story behind that. And maybe there's one or two pictures of yours that have a special meaning or a special story with them that you can share about as well. So the one, I mean, it's really tricky with your work because it's so diverse, but looking in your Instagram feed, I mean, the pictures that you feature there are the ones that are are so outstanding, you know, the portraits, these different people from different cultures. And it makes me wonder who they are, why they're, I have that face paint on and whatnot, what they're up to. So they they really um, make me curious about the subjects. But um, the one that I've wanted to ask you about first is I think it's on the cover of one of your books. There's a, a boy in a, I think it's a boy, a teenage boy in the doorway. Yeah. Yeah. In the yeah. doorway. Yeah. So what's the story behind that one? Well, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting story because that, that photograph, the way it is, it doesn't need any explanation. You know, like, just kind of like, you know, I mean, there's calmness, there's Buddhism, there's, there's this, there's all of that stuff. I mean, that, that's just a very, very juicy thing and all that. However, uh, two minutes or 30 seconds before that, he was open-eyed. I have him spitting. Just literally, kind of like there is spit, just <laughs> <laughs> like like a massive a com- one. Completely different picture. It's 
completely it's amazing to me i mean like what happens you know like because I mean, we do live in a millisecond world mm-hmm. so and then i mean he was just spitting and then talking to his friend and then his friend kind of like went like really deep <laughs> he's left he left and then this guy tap closed his eyes and that was the moment yeah and i love these spit photos as much as this one mm-hmm. because it's such a i mean it's a, it, it like everybody sees that photo there is really no explanation that mm-hmm. is a very simple photograph you know like very easy uh let's say because i mean you have this door you have this beautiful like uh, red cloak of of buddhist monk he's young he looks beautiful eyes closed calmness mm-hmm. all of that buddhism you know thing mm-hmm. that western people think that buddhism is mm-hmm. uh so uh and, and it is it, it really is uh but uh, it, it was a very very special f- photo because I, I was there kind of like like lurking at that uh, mm-hmm. looking at the doors like this is amazing this is just absolutely i can stand here you know for three days just give me coffee and a sandwich i'll be happy you know like whatever yeah. happens so so that was that that, that is the that, that is the story behind that photograph i mean so, like, it's very special to me because it opened up my book so yeah it's it's so so it's a street photography kind of style i think with a lot of this kind of documentary style picture you you've really shone a light on it there because it's it seems like it's just a moment and it is just a moment but you had to invest some time to just wait for that one moment right so were you i i can imagine maybe you were across the street with the longer lens framing up and just waiting waiting for the right moment actually no i mean the 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 setup of that monastery is like this you walk in and there's that monastery there are a couple of these doors so you're Mm kind of like walking around and i was just i I was there and that kind of like boy kind of caught my eye and i was just standing there and kind of like i don't know like just just waiting there i usually don't wait for the photographs it's like usually i i I just grab them very quickly but this one was kind of like oh my god i mean like this is this is uh, it's it's really Really nice frame so so definitely worth the wait you know mm-hmm. so um yeah i mean but i mean you were kind of like really close to them i mean you're really right. really close to i was probably like i don't know seven eight meters away from from him when i took that shot don't remember what it was like i probably it was uh 24 70. okay probably. okay seven eight meters isn't that close so you were you were kind of hanging back a little bit yeah 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 kind of yeah, yeah. yeah. okay um, the other one, um, it's, well, it's beautifully framed. I mean, the, the doorway just does it, but you framed that really perfectly yourself. So it's a good job. The other one I wanted to touch on, oh, I've got another one below this as well. There's a black and white picture of a guy. I think it's in India. He's got a beard. Um, it's featured quite a few times on your, a couple of times on your feed and maybe on some, a gallery, on some artwork on some wall somewhere. Mm-hmm. So he's got the sort of cloth on his head. Is it this guy? Yes, that's the guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that was taken uh, in uh, in Nepal. There is a Sri Varatri festival, which is a gathering of, of sadhus. So people who decided that they no longer want to live in in a society, they're kind of like outsiders, mm-hmm. and uh, they gather every year in uh, in India uh, and and in Nepal. And I was in Nepal in Kathmandu. Uh, they smoke a lot of weed. I mean, a lot of weed, and that is the day where kind of like weed is legal in uh, in uh, in Nepal. Okay. And everybody are getting freaking shit faced, and uh, and they're just wandering around, and th- th- this is kind of like how they decorate themselves with these colors and everything. That that's mm-hmm. that's that's why uh, the colors. And uh, essentially, you kind of like go from one to another, and you find somebody interesting, and you just stop them. And uh, and this guy was like a right place, right time. And I kind of like I stopped him. He turned around, snapped the photo. That's it. I mean, yeah. th- th- there was not much more than that. What happened de- later is that I found out that, that photo works way better for me in the black and white. There's some mm-hmm. something happened in black and white that I didn't quite get in the color. Mm-hmm. Now, there's something is missing in the color I, I don't know what it was and then i kind of like worked a little bit on it uh i don't spend that that much time in photoshop which i use it's like you usually I'm, I'm in photoshop for 30 seconds to minute and a half that's mm-hmm. all i do uh because i start with the image that i like you know like i yeah. don't you know just there's everything is there just in like little, little, little tweaks 
But this one took a little, little bit longer, I feel, you know, like it was kind of like this, just getting it right. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I love that portrait and people love that portrait, uh, which didn't really kind of re register to me in the beginning, like maybe probably six months later, mm -hmm. I kind of like had it in, in and then I, when I turned it to you know, black and white, then it really kind of like, oh my God, this is, this is completely like it's a it's a i would say per technically perfect photograph which i'm not mm -hmm. not aiming for like ever i mean i don't it's perfectly exposed i don't care but but this one really has just everything is just right you know and the character you know the, the character of him is just kind of like you know stoned and crazy <laughs> it's like yeah. you know he very strong character that's for sure let me uh, throw it back to you then. If is there one moment? It's going to be difficult because you've done so much work. But one moment or image that really stands out to you from your photography journey, that, or a great memory, a great story. Uh, well, I mean, there, there, look, obviously there are many, many moments. I mean, like uh, whether we're talking about commercial or, or there's million of the moments. But I, I feel that that, that moment when. Uh, we, we touched on that subject when I kind of like sold my first photograph and then gunning for children. And when I made that connection with this little girl, this Balinese girl, who was like literally kind of like, she took me. I mean, she was just so kind of into this camera. And she was like literally, I mean, it's, I was looking for, for viewfinder and you can always find her eyes, eyes in focus. Wherever I was going, she was just almost kind of like being absolutely aware that those eyes are important mm -hmm. and this lasted for like half an hour so i have many many photographs of this girl but that that connection there w was something that it was that was just kind of like a, a like a big jump you know there are these big jumps that you have in photography you know mm -hmm. like they happen you know like they're in the process of happening but something triggers it that was mm -hmm. that trigger of I mean, this is this is something that I never experienced in my life. This is really special moment for me, you know. So, so, so that moment kind of like is the is kind of defining moment for portraits, for for loving the, this type of stuff. Uh, because I, I do like people. I that that's mm -hmm. kind of like my favorite thing to do. You know, people mm -hmm. are are just interesting to me. Yeah, and so it's not a technical thing. It's like that deep connection it's it's deep connection without words you know mm -hmm. like I, I rarely i mean in these places especially like you know like uh, especially like burma uh nepal uh india you know like these people just don't speak the language so, so you mm -hmm. cannot have these deep connections of mm -hmm. you know, some sort but yeah. you can have a coffee with somebody you know like you can okay. have you know like a little bit of of that thing but i mean that deepness of of connection i feel is more like your interest towards the subject that is creating that that connection and then later on when people talk about these photographs oh my god that's the most fun part like i've been in the places where people are kind of like having my photographs and they're evoking these deep emotions about their brothers and sisters and just <laughs> and you're like I mean, what were you smoking? I mean, I want some of that. I mean, this is amazing <laughs> what you see in this. I mean, like, yeah. just, I, and, and that, that was very, very eye-opening uh, experience when people start uh, projecting stuff on, on, on the images. That is, that is a very interesting part for me because mm. you have your moment when you take the photo, uh, when you're looking for the photograph, when you're walking around the city, that's yours. That is just yours that moment of capturing something and just looking at the back and like, oh my God, this is incredible. Without that ego of like, oh my God, I'm, I'm amazing. But just kind of mm -hmm. like that, the joy of photograph. I mean, just drips mm -hmm. of, of, of the photograph. You, you, you know that moment. And it's not, like I said, it's not ego painted. It's just beauty of life, you know, oh my mm -hmm. God. And then when you, when you release it to the world, it's over. I mean, the, the, that moment is gone forever. Once you show it to the first person, you don't have that photo anymore. It's yours, but yeah. Then you better be sure that you like it. Mm -hmm. Do you find it easy to stay uh, open for those moments and to stay curious for those moments um, after all these years into your photography journey? Well, I... To be honest, I'm a pretty lazy photographer. I mean, I don't have this driving passion to photograph every day. I don't think I took a photo in, I don't know, six months. Uh, it's just, 
for me, that's not necessary. Mm-hmm. I know that when that time comes, that the, this particular Kraken is released to the place where mm-hmm. I'm interested in something, I'll get those shots. Okay. There's no like, uh, it's like, you know, I'll, you know, you don't use it, you lose it. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, this is just no. I mean, I have it. Uh, I mean, th- I, I'm, th- this confidence took 20 years to develop. I mean, like, I, and I'm not talking from, from that perspective of, oh my God, what a a-hole. I mean, just, no, I'm, I'm confident about my ability when I'm truly interested in something that is in front mm-hmm. of me. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been in Bali for 22 years. Not much interests me here. You know, like I, I did it. It's just, you know, like, uh, it just, you know. So, so once I get to, you know, Africa, once I get to, you know, like certain uh, parts of the world that are interesting for me, I have no doubt that uh, i will have uh, i will have great images i mean there's no doubt in my mind i don't believe in this oh my god uh, you know i stayed there for three months and i got three photos like what Mm -hmm. like that's really low i mean it's Mm -hmm. just like no Mm -hmm. uh if you're really interested in something you recently you do the research you do this that and then it's kind of like that's you know your abilities are 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 there so Mm -hmm. uh and I'm saying I'm not saying I'm great or any of that. I'm just kind of saying, you know, I like what I do. I like my stuff, and uh, and it took uh, twenty years to get to a place of being comfortable liking my mm-hmm. stuff. You know, in the mm-hmm. beginning, it was like, oh my god. I mean, you give me a compliment. I mean, like, it's just. I mean, I want to run. You know, I just didn't believe anybody. So, uh, but it took a lot of selling, a lot of stuff to to get here. Okay. Yeah, I do understand that. I think that's, you know, experience and and just coming to a, a place of confidence, really, where you know, okay, yeah, I can do this. But, but we all go through, I think a lot of creative people go through the lack of self, or self-doubt, let me say, where they don't oh, yeah, yeah. maybe believe they're as good as they kind of think they might be. But after some time, I think we just have to let that shed and actually be assured. But that comes with time. So I think you're just in... A place of experience and flow and confidence and i think that's okay um okay let's go to the quick fire round as we're getting to the end so um we got a sure. few quick fire questions if you're ready uh, okay wide angle or telephoto tele okay coffee or tea uh coffee coffee definitely okay nobody's had this question before you're the first one okay uh, what's your go-to emoji oh I, I, I think I think it's it's either this one. It's like hands or together. this one. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- th- okay. Those two are those two are. I mean, like I wish that I could use poop emoji, but I can't. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> this is what I think about your comment, poop. <laughs> <laughs> so with the hands together, is that do you see that as praying or a high five? I see that as kind of like uh, thank you. I mean, okay. like it's kind of like this, uh, you know. Kind of okay, thing. I see. Okay, I get that. Okay. Um, okay, expensive lens cloth or the corner of your shirt? Oh, it's all... It's all my, I, I, I rarely clean my, my stuff. So yeah, the corner of my shirt, 100%. Okay, I, I thought you were going to be a shirt guy. Who's your favorite musician from Bali? From Bali? Uh, yeah. There is a band called Paddy. That's... Uh, I, I have predicted their fame. That's why I like them. I mean, it's kind of like a poppy band. And I said, this will be the biggest band in Indonesia. And after a year, mm-hmm. they're just, I mean, <laughs> exploded. I mean, it's kind of like a poppy okay. band. I mean, nothing special. Okay, cool. Well, we'll I'll put a link in the show notes so everyone sure. can hear that. Um, what's a weird thing that I could find in your camera bag? That's a good question, man. Some pr- probably some, uh, you know, like uh, a cigarette bud that, that I put there, you know, like uh, <laughs> two years prior. <laughs> I mean, because I just wanted to put it in the in the, in on the ground. I mean, probably, yeah. probably that. Okay, cool. I will go with that. Um, okay, and you, a couple of photographers' names have come up, but who's one photographer that we should all check out? Uh, I mean, for me, it's just there's just one name, and that's Sebastião Salgado. I mean, for me, that mm-hmm. that is that is the, the that is the one, and I think that everybody should check out Alfred Stieglitz. That is the guy that mm-hmm. every single photographer should uh, basically build a little, uh, you know, a, a shrine in their house and light a candle to this guy every morning. 
Uh, that is okay. the guy that is responsible for for photography being uh, recognized as art. That is the guy who who discovered Ansel Adams. Uh, this is the guy who worked with Steichen. I mean, uh, Alfred Stieglitz. I mean, that is okay. the most important, I think, guy in in for for photography. Really. Okay, that's a great answer. Um, okay, I, Trevor mentioned Sebastian Salgado as well, so that's it definitely. Um, one of the best around so yeah um okay and finally when do you feel at peace with the universe that's a good one uh, I, uh, you know what when i'm in a, in, in, in kind of like a, a state of deep focus i mean when i'm focusing on something and, and i just don't have any kind of like uh, uh moments for for any type of destruction except uh, what i'm doing that is that is wh where i'm feeling at peace it's it's never kind of leisurely time for me like that is where I'm at, at really <laughs> not a piece. Cool. That's a great answer. I totally relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> and give me something to do. If I'm nothing happening, I get a bit. So oh, yeah. Our time is up. And I'm so grateful to have had this time with you, Nicola. Thank you. Thanks a lot. It's been amazing to call Bali. I mean, it's just amazing what we can do. I feel like I'm in Star Trek sometimes, the way I can do video calls <laughs> around the <laughs> universe. So um, I really appreciate it. Take care. Thank you so much for listening. Follow Nicola on Instagram and check out his website. Links to everything we spoke about are in the show notes. And if you like this episode, check out my conversations with Brian Hodges from season one and Trevor Cole from season two. I think you'll like those episodes. That's it for now. Enjoy your photography. Take care and I'll see you out there.